Hello, friends. We are hanging out here. It's a beautiful morning. There is, it's raining. It's that perfect kind of rain. It's just like a constant rain going straight down, feeding all the plants and the trees. And it's nice in my office with this cup of tea. So, love and life. We're going to talk about next level JavaScript today, specifically timing functions. So, I've been spending a ton of time deep into JavaScript. Like every week, I feel like, like, how did I not understand all of this? You know, like before. I, I, it feels like that so often for me. Um, and I, I thought I was done writing Alpine V3. I thought I was basically done. And then I did some performance testing and uh, realized, nope, I am not done. <laughs> but it's okay. I spent the week um, diving very, very deeply into every bit of Alpine's core and identifying performance bottlenecks, which taught me a ton about JavaScript and browsers subsequently. And, and yeah, so I, and now Alpine 3 is much better off. It's, it's way faster than Alpine 2. Um, yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. I learned a lot and I found some pretty cool things that I'm excited to share. But before, this is the thing, like I can't just sit here and tell you all the fun things, I don't think. I guess I'm assuming that you're not um, on the level of JavaScript foo that I am, which is incredibly arrogant, but I feel like I need to catch you up on a few basic or not basic next level, but basic, um, JavaScript things to establish a foundation for these sort of heavier concepts. So the, I was thinking like, what's the first step on that road? Like, I'm, I'm going to assume, you know, JavaScript, I'm going to assume, you know, how to write loops and control statements and classes and um, functions and maybe even some deeper stuff, promises, async await, stuff like that. I'm kind of assuming and browser APIs. I'm guessing you've used query selector and inner HTML and append child, stuff like that. If you haven't, if you don't feel like you own that stuff, you've definitely copy and pasted it from Stack Overflow, you know, so you've touched it, you've seen it, you used it, that kind of thing. But um, so th th that's kind of the working, <laughs> I'm doing some pretty insulting stuff here. That's the working man's JavaScript. At least it was for me. That's the, I know JavaScript as far as I can write, you know, view applications at a job. I can, you know, tweak stuff here and there. I'm enough to be dangerous, even proficient, you know, sipping tea. Um, yeah, but so I, because of writing Alpine, I've had to dig into, and Livewire, I've had to dig deeper into, well, what's it like to write a JavaScript framework? And then you kind of learn all these intricacies about the language that you wish you had known before. Now that I know them, I wish I had known. Um, so I want to teach them to you. And also because the things I'm really excited about, um, like I just said, the things I'm really excited about, I want to talk to you about all the performance stuff and all that, all these new little fun things that I've been exploring. But we need a, we need a, a foundation. I want to bring you to the next level. So... Um, probably the first step on understanding JavaScript in a more deep way that, um, again, to reiterate, not that you can't be a fantastic JavaScript developer without understanding these things. You totally can. But these are the things that unlock the keys. This is how you understand what's happening and allow you to, to really own the things you're writing. Okay. So JavaScript timing. So let's start with a few misconceptions here. Um, I had this notion that JavaScript was like an asynchronous language, which it is. Uh, but I'm going to use all these words loosely because I haven't, you know, I don't, whatever. I, this is all going to be my own just spewing stuff like I do. 
few misconceptions. First misconception, I thought that it was an asynchronous language in the sense that in PHP, if you do like file get contents, that line of code will, will like PHP will pause on that line of code until it's finished fetching the file, until it's finished making the network request if it needs to, to fetch those contents. It's blocking. Every line of code blocks the next line of code, right? in PHP. So it's extremely straightforward. PHP feels just so easy to reason about because of that. JavaScript, you know, you've heard callback hell, stuff like that. It's a little bit different if you fire a fetch request or Axios or whatever. JavaScript is not going to hang on that line of code. It is going to send the network request and then continue executing more code. And then when the network request comes back, it'll call whatever callback you passed or it'll, you know, return, uh, finish, resolve the promise. So so yeah, so it feels like JavaScript can do multiple things at once. But here's the important thing. This is the first piece of knowledge. JavaScript can only do one thing at once. And I'm kind of taking web workers and other fancy stuff out of this discussion for now. If you have a button on a page that calls a JavaScript function with a console.log hello world, you hit the button, it console.logs hello world, right? So what if instead of console.logging hello world, you do while true, an infinite loop, what happens? your browser will totally freeze. Your, your, the browser page will freeze. It will not be able to do anything. You can't click anything on the page. Everything is frozen because you're in an infinite loop. So this is a really important thing to understand about JavaScript, is although it feels like it can do multiple things at once, it cannot. It is only pretending. It does one thing at a time. So every line of code has to wait for the line of code before it until it can execute. And that's a really important thing to understand that you can basically fake a timer in JavaScript. You can, you can fake a pause execution by just doing a for loop with like a million, you know, iterations or something. Okay. So I think that's really important. Um, the other thing I think is really important to understand is how JavaScript changes the, with the web page. So if you change the web page from JavaScript, if you do something like dot, um, you know, you do query selector to get a div on the page, and then you do dot uh, inner text equals hello world, or you change, you add a class that makes the background red. So if you do that in a JavaScript function, here's the question. Here's the question. When does it actually paint the, the, the div red? You know, if you actually change the background color of a div in JavaScript. So consider this thought experiment. You have a function that's called from a button that changes the background color of the button. You hit the button, changes to red. Okay, now what if you have a while loop, an infinite while loop, after you've changed the background color red? Like literally the next line of code. So the first line of code is like div.classless.addbgred or whatever. The next line of code is while true. So like I said, and like we understand, the browser page is going to sit there frozen. But what will be on that frozen page? Will it be a red button or not a red button? And the answer is, let me look at the time. I'm going to take a sip of tea and let you ponder this. The answer is that it will be not red. <laughs> so there's this, so picture this. This is my mental model for a, a web page in a browser. When it's breathing, think of it like a human taking a breath. And as it's breathing, it's alive. Air is flowing through it. The cells are, you know, whatever. Um, uh, what, what's this? I'm not going to get hung up on this. The copying themselves? What's that word? Reproducing? Whatever. Okay. 
So you have a live web page. It's breathing. When you do an infinite loop, or not an infinite loop, anytime you call any bit of JavaScript from the web page, the web page is holding its breath until that JavaScript is finished executing. And that's why if you have, if you, so during, it's holding its breath, and it's, you can manipulate the DOM, but you're not actually going to see that on the page until the browser can breathe again. It's not going to be able to breathe again until all the JavaScript is finished executing. That's why, so you're breathing, yep, okay, the browser page is live, you can do stuff. You click that button, it sends it out on a JavaScript path, now the, now the web page is holding its breath. And it's executing line by line, it executes that add background color line, it's still holding its breath because it has more JavaScript in that execution path. So it's kind of like, in my mind, like it's manipulating like a virtual browser, or it's queuing up that DOM manipulation. Then you do your while true, it's, my breath is still held. So you're not going to see that background color. And then as soon as you continue on execution, you break the, the while loop, then, then the background color, after all the JavaScript is finished, then the browser will take a second and it will paint uh, whatever changes happened onto the page. So that's, I think, a really good way to understand. So we're already at the end of this episode. This is going to be after two-parter. So, all right, that, that's the thing that hopefully you walked away with from this episode is an understanding of of how code executes in JavaScript. Maybe this is super obvious to you, but it wasn't obvious to me. These are really important things to understand. Then we'll talk about timing functions in the next episode. So I'll see you there. Oh, we still have 30 seconds. Ah, whatever. I'll see you there.